Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. class settle down settle down it's time for another session of the umbrella pod academy on today's lesson we'll learn what to do when the world ends i'm alex uh yo even the bad kid in the back of the class is fucked up about this episode this is too much i'm not happy about this and i'll tell you what i'm having a protest we're walking out at lunch already who's with me i'm just yeah i'm pete i'm with you and we are going to be talking about Umbrella Academy Season 3, Episode 9, Seven Bells. Now, brief bit of recap if you, uh, if it's been a while since you watched the episode or anything. But the end of the world <laughs> is coming. Only the hotel Obsidian is left and the entire, well, not entire, what is left of both the Umbrella and Sparrow Academies is trying to decide whether they want to sit it out and get destroyed by the Kugelblitz or as laid out by Reginald Hargreaves, go through the door of the Buffalo Room and maybe try to save the world. And it's a big Mm. decision for everybody. It's a really tough decision and we really walk through that quite a bit. Now, Justin, you seem pretty (laughs) torn up about this episode. What's going on? I mean, as soon as the, this episode started and we got Lunar Luther uh, just walking through his life, oh, I was man. like, I don't like the focus on this character. Um, feels like trouble. And then it proved to be true. Um, and this character, Luther, died in a way that made me think, it's going to be hard to come back from this one. <laughs> Pete, what about you? How are you doing emotionally and, of course, physically? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in a lot of... How are you doing physically? We don't ever get the physical check-ins. I'm in pain both ways. So what's killing me is, is the reveal that the reason Luther was on the moon was he was watching the his guarding his dead mother who was cryogenically frozen? Is that what we're... That last shot is to have us believe? I don't think he knew about that. No, I think he was just didn't. there. So uh, maybe he was a stopgap. We gap. know that that's the reason he's because, like, this whole thing we don't know why he was sent to the moon, and I feel like yeah. that was kind of the reason why. So to take it back to the comics for a second, for anybody who hasn't Ooh, read nice. them, like in that. the books, I believe part of the reason that Luther was on the moon is that Reginald Hargreaves has a secret supervillain prison on the other side of the moon. Right. He is keeping them there. They break out. That's sort of part. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, but part of the whole plot of the Hotel Oblivion arc from Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba. Obviously, they're not doing any of that here. Yeah. But I do think this is the show's riff on that in a certain way. Whoever this woman is, whatever is going on, as we're it's speculating. It's Abigail Hargreaves. It Abigail says right Hargreaves. On. It says right uh, on. Who there. we've seen... Yeah flashbacks of Reginald Hargreaves 
with a woman on some other planet or something like that. We've seen those little particles that seem to have created the powers of the Umbrella Academy go out from there. So there seems to be some sort of connection there. And it certainly looks to me like she is in cryogenic stasis or something like that. She could come back alive. Yeah. So there you go. So given all of that setup, it certainly seems like whatever is going on with Reginald ties into that lady and ties into what Luther is doing. But I agree with you guys that sequence such a bummer and so sad to just watch Luther go through years of falling apart on the mood and then ultimately to get killed by this other version of dad who he finally seems to connect with at the end here is awful. It's gut-wrenching awful. to watch. I mean, like I said, and I had I had the character wrong. I was like, you better not kill Sloan because they're fine. Luther and Sloan are finally right. happy. You're and they find, you they were went so close. And they went you and killed so Luther. Far. Yeah. And it's even more tragic that Luther had to die if, in fact, going forward, we don't. Because there's always time. We can always go back and get a clock of Luther from the past. Here, what's worse, uh, you know, being stabbed by your father or being like, finally, you think you're in. And then he kicks you away and shuts the door. And then you have to do a reverse jump onto a buffalo to kill yourself. I mean, what is, you know, you're trying mean? to, well, Klaus can't die. So, like, I feel like that's, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would argue it's worse for Luther. Um, he, Klaus got mm. to actually hang like he's on Hargreaves' side now. Like he believes it. Not anymore. Not after that move. Luther got one second. Well, I feel like there's some intention there. And we know that a death for uh, Klaus is way different than a death for Luther. Um, and a- anyway, so like the, the tragedy of Luther was painstakingly watching Luther sort of go crazy over the course of his time on the moon, which he was doing in the show only to serve his father it was just yeah. something his father said, you have to go do this. And then we, we know he's so happy now in the present day coming back from that horrible thing. And then he's horribly killed. <laughs> well, and he's horribly killed in order to serve whatever Reginald's plan is doing the classic kill somebody to bring everybody together thing. So oh, that old chestnut, it is that old chestnut, but it works here. It actually gets everybody through the door. I want to, kind of flip it over a little bit and talk about, in my impression, the negative of the episode, because I feel like this episode was sort of... It's all negative. What the fuck are you talking about? It was like the best and the worst of the Umbrella Academy, Mm. because all the stuff with Luther and Klaus killing himself to save himself at the end was badass, horrifying, emotional, harrowing. But then the middle chunk of the episode... Intellectually, I understand the move of having everybody being like, nah, let's just, you know, give up and let the world die. But the whole refusal of the call thing was driving me up the wall the entire time. Like, taking the time to be like, let's have a vote and figure out whether we should save the world or not. After everything they've been through drove me insane. It seems like, Pete, you were fine with it and you loved it. Well, yeah, actually, yes. Because first off, it's an, a final F you to this horrible person who's been ruining their lives the whole time. Uh, boss move. So I appreciated that. And secondly, when you your future self says, hey, don't go, bro, you don't go. You know what I mean? So Pete, How can you, you trust your future self. 
Pete, let, let me throw this out to you. Scenario, real right. world scenario, right? Like, right, right. I don't want to blow this up on the podcast, but I'm going to just imagine not knowing the relationship. You don't love your boss. Nobody loves their boss, right? So, oh, actually, I, I, I have a lot of respect and love for my boss. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Let's>, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, your boss is an active listener to the podcast. Pete, oh, okay. always watching his ass. I love All right, that. let's go. Uh, you've had a job at some point where you haven't liked your boss, right? That is correct. Okay, so imagine that job. You're in that job. You don't like your boss. Your mm-hmm. boss... Uh, comes in and is like, hey, everybody, the building's on fire. I have a way out of this building. Are you going to be like, as one last fuck you, you're going to sit in the building until it burns down? Well, if what sucks about your scenario and what you're trying to do is you're saying that there's, uh, you know, there is life outside that building, but the world's ending. You know what I mean? They're at the edge of the crumbling world. We're all going to die anyway. And right. you're. You're you can go through a buffalo tunnel, which somebody already lost their finger. So yeah, that's the only way out. Uh, but what if your boss in this building on fire scenario is like, "Hey Pete, if you go through the buffalo tun- tunnel where a guy lost his fingers, you're going to be okay." Uh, well, you wouldn't question a, that. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. hated that Sorry, boss me, for a I, lot I, of I, reasons. That was a ridiculous hypothetical that I threw yeah. at you. Let's say you're a member of the Umbrella Academy and the world is ending because am of I a Luther? Blitz. Who you're, am I, Klaus? No, you're Diego in this scenario. Yes, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, would you really go through the bu- uh, Let's say the scenario was literally exactly, this is not a hypothetical anymore. What are you doing, Pete? What are you doing? It, no, I, I got a good hypothetical. I'm throwing knives right now behind me while I'm laying down. Let's say, Pete, let's say your boss is a guy named Alex who wants you to do an Umbrella Academy podcast. Right, and right, all you right. got to do is, is sit and talk about Umbrella Academy for, you know, 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah, but I hate Alex, so I'm not going to do that. Okay, but imagine the only way out of the podcast is legitimately answering my hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> not going to do it. <laughs> oh, wow. All I right. mean, uh, I, to be fair, he did prove his point, Alex. <laughs> he, he, he definitely he, did. And he don't worry, I'm not going to run out of knives to throw, so <laughs> I can be here all day. Wow. Wow, that's great. Pete Turning both from the, was, uh, he both was and is his point at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you, Justin? What's your take on it? Do you feel the same way as I do, or are you also on Pete's side that, like, sit in the burning building until you turn to a crisp? Uh, I think this is a superhero show. Um, so the amount of like, uh, like, let's go take some time and wander around. I was like, we know they're going to make the choice um, to save, to go through. That's narratively. That's where the story's going. We all know that because of we've watched uh, hundreds of hours of television and read thousands of pages of comic books. So the, I agree with you. It was a little bit like, let's quit treading water here and get to it. The only thing that was a saving grace is I think this show has given us enough like surprise turns that them deciding to sit in the hotel may have been the right choice for them because of the way that they've introduced into the plot. Sinko like all you have to do is not do anything and you mm-hmm. that's what you should do so I, I was willing to give it a little bit of uh, more cream maybe a little more than you but i do agree with you i was like come on at least have one vote we don't need like a, a chilling period where everyone wanders around like let's have the vote and go uh first off thousands of comics we've been doing this show for over 15 years come on dude it's it, that number is higher than that. Millions. Millions, millions yeah. of comics? Yeah, at this point. I, I mean, come on. All right. 
And I did say pages of comics, so it could very well be up in the in the millions in the lifetime. What a what a great uh, line to cross. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying, though, Justin. I, I think it was that chilling out period that bothered me more than the vote, because like you're saying, all of the characters' moves made sense. Like Luther and Sohn saying. No, we're going to stay here. We love each other. This is why we got we just married. Got married. Yeah, we're going well, yeah. to do the classic lying on the bed in the Titanic as it floods thing. That's that's our sex. Choice. I get this. Sex. sex. They probably have sex. Hmm. I don't know. A little bit. Yeah, probably. Like a little bit. <laughs> I'm just going to lie on the bed and yeah, all the time. Please, I just want to get and, the tip in before the world. The, ends. No, stop, <laughs> Alex. No, <laughs> you didn't have to do that. By the way, what is the classic trope of laying on the bed while the Titanic sings? Is that a it's trope? A, it's not so much a trope as a scene for the movie Titanic. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you would have said, like, uh, they're going to play, uh, you know, as the ship goes down, that wouldn't make sense. But lying mm-hmm. in the bed in the Titanic. I mean, right. as a, that's, a good, that's a good scenario. P, as a violinist, if you're on the Titanic, are you yeah. if the, the conductor's like, keep playing, are you like, okay. Well, if I hate to conduct, I'm going to be like, fuck you, and walk and off the ship. And throw knives behind you, right? Well, yeah, we're going to walk off the ship into the ice? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, yeah. not an answer I expect. Yeah. You're like, fuck you. Good luck doing this without a violin. But Drops into if ice. that asshole wasn't there, and I was like, you know what? I just want to get one last song in. I would, yeah, I'd play it away. Uh, what if hypothetically trip. you're the asshole? What if you're the band leader? You're like, guys, keep playing. Let's do no, this. No, I'm going to be like, hey, you all should make your individual choices. And, you know, either if you want to save your life, go ahead and try. But don't try to share a door with somebody. Yeah, I like the idea of Pete being part of the orchestra, walking off the deck of the Titanic, falling straight down, hitting Rose on the door, flipping her over. And she goes to the water with uh, Leo. And they both die. There you wow. go. Now that's yeah. the ending of the movie. I was thinking Pete was the guy that hits the propeller famously in the trailer. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 I mean, that is maybe a trope. It might be. Uh, uh, wait, I, I want to keep walking down to everybody a little bit because I do think just to talk through their decisions, um, five, as you said, makes sense because that has been his whole thing. He's been like, nope, we've tried everything else, which is saving the world, and that hasn't worked. So let's try not saving the world and see if that works. So his decision makes sense as well. Allison clearly has some sort of deal with Hargreaves. That's one of the big plots of the episodes. Yeah, as soon as she was starting to be vocal and being like, hey, guys, we should. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, she's in on it. I mean, not to take a swerve here, but I feel like that was another big gut punch in the episode, finding that out, because seeing her apologize feels really good. That's something that we've wanted to happen. But you can't trust it. Yeah, we can't trust it. So what do you think is going on with her at this point? What is the deal that she made with Hargreaves? I'm sure it's some sort of like he said, yeah, if this works out, you can go back and be with your family. Exactly. But yeah. I think she's gone too far. She's uh, sort of turned too too darkly uh, to come back and just enjoy her simple life again. And I think that's what maybe she's going to be struggling with in the last episode. Hmm. Uh, what else? Who else is in this show? Diego and Lila are two other people. Uh, that make opposite decisions here. And again, I think logically the places that they end up, Diego being like, no, I'm going to protect this baby. And Lila being like, no, I'm going to go save the world. Let me do this instead to save my baby. Potentially both of those choices make sense as well. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, and I like this uh, this moment between them because it's kind of you know this classic kind of scenario where De- Diego is trying to do the right thing, but he's wrong, you know, and uh, his kind of like I just want to be right once, you know, and it's you know the baby is a big deal and he's super excited about it. So he wants to protect the baby. And I think it's interesting how that's kind of affecting them. You know, we got that shot of her kind of looking at her stomach in the mirror. Uh, Lila is great. And the fact that she like understands why Diego is making decisions and is just like, come on, let's just stop being you and like, let's, let's go. So I, I think it's cool. But on the same note, it's insane, right? Because Diego being like, no, you stay here while the world ends to save our baby makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Also, yeah, she's a badass. You need her in the fight. It should be all hands on deck. But Diego is torn because he's like, you know, someone's got to save this baby. Well, he also lost two fingers to this. He's scared of this monster on the other side a little bit. So I think you could uh, tell by the way he's throwing the knives that he's scared. um, Yeah. Oh, you can tell? Yep. There was hesitation wow. in his release. It's yeah. Oh. Wow. Pete, as much as Diego's an expert on throwing knives, Pete is an expert on observing knives. <laughs> <laughs> the one that doesn't make any sense to me is Victor. Like, I get the idea that Victor is sort of just being opposite of Allison because he doesn't trust Allison, mm-hmm. but it does not seem likely to be that Victor would be like, nah, let's not save the world. Let's just sit here and die. I agree, and I'm curious what Victor's role will be in the in the last episode because he is such a powerhouse on the team. Um, but both of the last two seasons have revolved around um, his decisions and his like power set. So I'm curious if that will be the same going forward or why? Because I really like the way Victor was used when they first were crushing the Kugel Blitz as just Kugel a member Blitz. of a team, and that was like the most like superhero-y the show has been. I thought so. Mm-hmm. Curious to see how it unfolds. Yeah, but. I what I really liked about Victor is Victor. As soon as you say the word family, it's kind of a trigger for Victor, and it's also like one of these things of like, yo, you were a piece of shit our whole lives. Like I'm not going to do what you say. Like so, yeah. I I appreciate the fact that Victor was standing up for what he believes. Yeah, it was that old pain sort of rearing its head, maybe. But uh, yeah. on that point, like I think the line was, we can't just keep throwing around the word family. Yeah. Um. So you hear that, Vin Diesel. Wow. You hear that? Wow. Shots fired, bro. You hear oh that God. shit? Dude, you're going for Vin? You're going I'm for just Vin? saying it. It's a well, little over. But I tell you what, that line that uh, Hard Greaves had where family are the only people who uh, know us while we're in do the most epic trials. I mean, that's a hell of a line to give somebody. Yeah. You- they mean the O.J. Simpson trial. <laughs> <laughs> the most epic trials. That, wow. that was a pretty sweet trial. I think everybody could agree. Oh, my Moving God. On, though, I mean, this seems like kind of an obvious question to ask, but I'll ask it anyway. <laughs> at this point, do you trust Ooh. this Reginald? Do you think he has the world's best interest at heart or is something else going on? Old there? knife hands? You can't trust that guy. What are you talking about? This yeah, he's got guy. knives up. His, he's, he's like a little, he's a magician. You can't trust his sleeves. Yeah, mm-hmm. do not. Uh, um, I, I think it's interesting because... Reginald, like, what is, what do we know about him? We have all these, like, alien things. He's got Abigail on the moon. Uh, we don't know anything about what – did he create the Umbrella Academy for some purpose and he's there to watch them? He seems so disinterested in them. Um, he, what is he prepping them for? If not this moment, how, what is he prepping them for? Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like he has a plan here at all. He's just like, oh, is this what's happening? Oh, okay. he definitely has a plan. He's been having plans on plans. 
And I feel like it's once he saves the world, he's going to kind of like have an evil, evil plan for that. If you got knives or hands, I mean, come on. But this is uh, Diego sort of does in that way, like father, like son. I oh. I just think, is this the final reason for them? Um, it doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like he purposefully groomed Luther to then just randomly kill him. It feels like he's a little bit improvising. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of information I think we need to know. And if the idea was to get the world to end so that the Umbrella or in this reality, Sparrow Academy could end up at this door in the Buffalo Room to go through to the Hotel Oblivion and ring seven bells as seven uh, sages, or what was it? I'm forgetting. Whatever it was, uh, do whatever this thing is. There's a lot of happenstance that brought them there. Like, unless we get some sort of epic montage in the last episode where it's Hargreaves behind the scenes pushing everybody in these directions... The fact that they ended up here at this point that he seems to have wanted them to get to seems like a very happy series of accidents in his favor. Yeah. I, would say. I mean, I agree. And then that sort of makes me think, what is the final plan? Is that what we're going to get in a final season of Umbrella Academy coming up? Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, what other moments from the episode should we call out in particular? What jumped out? Oh, uh, here's a big thing we should talk about. Did Klaus and Ben fuck? <laughs> it seems uh, like just a, it. Uh, just a, a note for a post. We're going to need to oh, boost uh, Alex's audio. Jack on the that. audio. Don't, oh. don't say jack up. Uh, I, I think it's one jack of those Jack off things. the audio. Sorry. Oh, jack jack off the audio. Jack off the audio engineer. So he'll do the, <laughs> the stuff. That's how, you do it. That's how you get them to push the levers up. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Wow. <laughs> you get proud of yourself? So proud. Oh my god. I'm proud. My children uh, are proud too. I just told them about it. Uh, I, I, I doubt that. <laughs> you, you, see your kids doubt that. Yeah, you see your kids down like a little audience. All right, for all their... right Daddy's gonna do his umbrella pod academy. Why don't you <laughs> sit over there? Oh my god. That's who that voice is for is for the kids. Yeah. Um Pete, you had a salient that. point to make. Um I, uh, uh, my mind got erased by this bullshit that we were talking about. Did uh, Ben and Klaus Oh well yeah, that's what they were hinting at. Uh, but I mean, the start of this, uh, was just hysterical where they're on different levels of a pool table and the, the whole like, uh, Klaus being like, I'm here, don't panic, uh, was hysterical. I mean, the Klaus like jump, kill himself move was very epic, but I'm worried that like, okay. Cause he's been training so he can like come back, you know, faster and faster, but what does this mean for Klaus? Because he can die and come back, but if there's no place to come back to, like, can he come back on the Buffalo side, the on the other side where his friend, you know, is... But, I would think he would have had to come through. Or is Maybe. he going to come back as, like, a ghost and it's going to be a Ben situation? You know what I mean? I, I think that's a very good thought that very effectively avoided the question that I asked initially, Pete. <laughs> but, here's, here's, my, here's my answer to your question, Alex. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think they did. I think the point of that scene was to show that um, they, no matter what, are just closely tied together, whether or not they had uh, sex. I think they are they're the partners on this show. They're the sort of Mulder and Scully that, uh, that are always doing stuff. And we get a nice Ben rejects nice Ben being nice Ben sort of yeah. right after this. Ben Arino. Um, yeah. The only reason that I thought it, because I agree with you, I think like it is about 
bringing Ben, this Ben, back to the Ben that we kind of know. We haven't even really gotten to see him that much and to tie up the Klaus and Ben relationship, get them closer again. But there's that scene at the beginning. They Ben seems like very uncomfortable about things. Later on, I think it's Luther says, did Ben hook up with somebody last night? And then there's a quick yeah. shot in the elevator of Klaus trying to put his arm around Ben and Ben putting him out of the way. It doesn't honestly matter that much either way. But yeah, but I, I agree with you. The implication there is probably yeah. that they did. Um, uh, but uh, let's like they're hung over. It feels like neither of them remember exactly right. what happened either way. But let's just say shout out. That is the neatest drunken Sharpie on skin I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I've been in that situation. Somebody's written asshole on your back before? Yeah, I adore different parts. A lot of different oh, parts. Okay, different parts. I, let's it. just say I've, I've scrubbed Sharpie off different parts of my body in my life. Wow. Excellent. Wow. Any other moments from the episode that you guys want to call out? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I just wonder, like, um, you know, like the whole – there was this Alice and Victor creepy hug where they were both looking – like they wanted to murder the other person, even though they said they kind of like apologized. Uh, I was just wondering what you guys were kind of thinking about that. Hmm. I don't know that I interpreted it that way. I could really? see. Yeah, it sort of felt to me like they were unsure of it. Obviously, as we find out later, oh, Allison okay. has another agenda and Victor rejects it. So maybe that's what was going on there. Yeah, to me, it felt like... Um, Allison was doing it because Hargreaves told her to. And Victor was like, this is weird. I don't uh, trust this based on our last 5,000 interactions that we've had. (laughs) Uh, Mm. I wanted to call out R.I.P. Bellhop, who dies as the Uh, Kugel Blitz expands. Very sad to see him go. Good character. Uh, I did like the number five kind of drinking uh, where the the sidewalk ends there. That was kind of a fun moment where he's just dangling his little legs over the side of the oblivion. I thought that was pretty cool. I did like that as well, and I liked their conversation together. I thought if Hargreaves... You know, he's clearly manipulating everybody. There's something going on there. But if he's going to be honest with anybody, it's going to be five, it feels like. And even if he is trying to push him in the right direction, five isn't or the right direction for Hargreaves. Five isn't having any of it. And so they can kind of just talk. And I like that. They're sort of Uh, peers in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. it feels like. Cinco and Hargreaves. Yes. They definitely Uh, test each other for sure. Yeah. Just like us. The um, <laughs> Diego and Lila, they sometimes do it on the stairs. Yeah. Big revelation. You got to be, be careful when you're walking around at night. Also, yeah. that hurts. That is, that is not comfortable is all I'm going to say. Well, yeah. It depends, it depends on the stairs. You know what I mean? Yeah, all if you got some sure. shag carpeting. Yeah, the stairs, exactly. If you're, you got, there you got, go. some, got some pillows. I mean, it depends mm-hmm. on what you're working with. Spiral staircase, though, like one of those metal spiral oh, staircases oh, in a New York oh, apartment. That, oh, no good. That, no. No good. That's a definitely a little tricky because you want to um, – you can't be at the top. Nope. Dangerous. <laughs> it's very dangerous. Yeah. Check out our other podcast, Which Staircases to Fuck On. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, definitely, sort of, definitely sort of a shorter <laughs> Sort of a shorter run. Um, we, so, we bust through a lot of different staircases quickly. Yeah, if I could uh, – And figuratively. If I could put my line producer hat on for a second, there was like a really nah. cool tracking hat a shot where they were like <laughs> going through. Uh, you know, we saw uh, 
you know, <laughs> Lila looking, looking at her uh, belly. And then we had that moment where Victor was listening to the Walkman. And uh, I thought that was a kind of really sweet moment. Yeah. That'd be a director's choice. And that'd be called a montage. Oh, OK. It wouldn't be uh, like a cinematographer's choice or anything like that. Yeah, probably Cine- director or photographer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't. Maybe they, uh, you know. Yeah, when, when you're shooting when something was... like that, the cinematographer puts on their track again. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think Justin works in the business at all. Is, is... Oh, you don't think I do? I don't yeah. think you do. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, can we get a can we get a little more cinnamon on the shot? Yeah, no problem, boss. It's me, Dust. the cinematographer. Oh, I hate this guy. If, if this building was ever burning down, I would stay right here. <laughs> That's there it is. Yeah. Everything's so dry and dusty when the cinematographer shows <laughs> Before we wrap up here, why don't we talk about who got top marks this episode? Pete, you want to go first? Who gave who are you giving top marks in this episode? Uh you know, you gotta go Klaus. I mean, it's sad to see him go and he did it in such an epic way that uh and made me really worried that maybe this is the last I was ever gonna see of Klaus. Yeah. Klaus will be back. Luther, I don't think will. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give a toast, a cinnamon toast to uh, Luther on his cinnamon way out. Sugar toast. That's right. <laughs> I uh, the the way that he has developed over the course of this series, especially this season. Um, I just love the character. Such a funny, so unique great. choice. And if we don't get to see him again, it was a pleasure. I'm heartbroken for um, the, the relationship he had. Yeah. With like uh, Alex said in the beginning, there were parts that were driving him crazy. I was booing uh, the choices that they were making when they started killing people off. I'm not saying I was happy about it, but yeah, I like think it, it got the right emotion out of me. I think they hit those properly. They felt like epic, harrowing, horrible moments. That's what you want out of a superhero show, and that's what you want out of any show is something that makes you feel something. That's right. It's I'm like gonna, when you were on the Titanic and you were cheering for all of the yeah, drownings. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is it. Good for the story. This is good for the story. Yeah. Team Iceberg, man. Team Iceberg. They're going to be talking about this for a long time, everybody. <laughs> yeah, classic tropes, guys. Classic Keep- tropes. Keep playing violins. <laughs> it's- I'm going to give top marks to Reginald Hargreaves this oh, episode. Oh, come on. No, I, listen, Confiori wow. is really good on this show. And the way that he manipulates everybody here, I thought was terrible, but so well done. And ultimately, he does get his goal. Whatever his goal is, we'll see the next episode. It was the but- Jesus joke that got you. That was the one where you were like, oh, this guy's good. He is really good. He's really good. And it's very underrated because most of the time in the show, he's like, get out of here. I hate you kids. And this episode, we got him to see him. He was stabbing his kids. At the height of his power. I loved it. I loved it. You hear that, children? Children behind the camera? I yep. love it. When Children a dad, working the camera. I love it when a, a dad stabs his kids. Uh, so, sorry, guys. Alex is just talking to his child army. If we could actually remove, <laughs> if I could talk to the sound engineer and remove this in post, don't worry. You'll get what's coming to you. When you do it. <laughs> See, he's a line producer. If you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Umbrella Academy. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Podcademy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the Podcademy. Pete, have you seen Titanic? Twice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that ended. 
little dog oh, look at the end there for punctuation. Yeah.